Hello. Hello. Hi, and welcome to the podcast Put Your Plaque Back On. My name is Taylor, and I'm here with my good friend Jake. Hello, Taylor. Jake, it is so good to be here with you today. Um, this is very, this is just an awesome experience for me, Taylor. I, me as well, and, and I just am so thrilled for what we're going to be doing. We're going to be taking ourselves and those who are willing to listen on a journey with us as we explore our experiences as young missionaries in Central America. And, you know, my hope in doing this is that we can firstly kind of recover from all of the strange and odd things that have happened to us in the past two years, and also to, um, to inform those who are curious about what lies in store for them if they are hoping to go on a mission, or maybe they just want to get a blast from the past and recall all their weird experiences as missionaries as well. Yeah, well, thank you, Taylor, for uh, your words spoken. Those, that's just, those are some lofty goals for this here podcast. And I, I'm all about that, what you just said. And I'm just here to have a good time, really. And just remember some good experiences and uh, help others around the fellow listeners, help them to feel of this awesome experience and to maybe get excited for an, uh, their own experience. Kind of just the same thing what you just said. <laughs> uh huh. That's great. And so yeah. So I think I think you could say that we're on the same page, Taylor. That is a fair statement. And so what better way to start off our exploration of this experience by beginning where it all began? In a place that's a good place to start. Yes, called the Los Angeles Airport. LAX. Yes, for those of you who are into abbreviations. Um, <laughs> well, I recall receiving my call to serve back when they still sent out letters and envelopes. Um, wow. You're one of those old dudes. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those old dudes. So I don't really remember a ton about that experience. I remember opening it and reading the words called to serve in the Honduras San Pedro Sula East mission. And I remember thinking, wow, that sure took a long time to say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did, I you was... find, did you find yourself looking at those words and saying... How do I say those words? <laughs> <laughs> I I did find myself doing that. And I also <laughs> thought to myself, where 
is that <laughs> you know and so yeah i, I definitely this i definitely can relate to those feelings mm-hmm. yeah so i just remember thinking like i don't even know what the heck this place is where it is and um i actually opened my mission call away from home and I was doing it over like this video and my parents were watching it and my mom sends me this text and she says something like, did you know that the place you're going to is the most dangerous city in the world? Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't did know. Did you tell her yes? I, I did not say that. I, I don't know if you had something similar happen to you when you opened yours. Oh, I definitely did. Yeah, I, I it's, it's kind of strange. I guess you could say bizarre, like how similar our experiences were. Uh-huh. Because I opened my call and it was just me and my family and I opened it and I tried to say these words that I didn't even really know what they were. Honduras, San Pedro, Sula, <laughs> East. And and I read that and I was like the same as you like i have no idea where that place even is like what is that Mm -hmm. is is that down south (laughs) where is that Uh and so the research began right there of where and what is this place and so so my mom she did the same thing. She looked it up on, on the Google, and she found the first thing that popped up was that same news article explaining how San Pedro Sula was the most dangerous city in the world. And my mom read that, and she looked at me. Well, that makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yes, Taylor, I did, I did have a similar experience, and... Um, kind of a, a similar experience in finding out that the mission I'd just been called to was considered the most dangerous city in the world. Right. And you know, that I agree with your with your mom that you know that that just makes you feel real real nice to know yeah. that that's where you're gonna be living for the next two years. So um I also thought it was odd because the package, the letter said that I was gonna be going to the MTC in Guatemala. And I was like, uh-huh. I also, first of all, don't know where that is. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I didn't know that that existed. And so it, it gave me these instructions. Well, not really. It just kind of told me flight information about how I was going to be departing um, and ending up in the Los Angeles airport. And then from there, traveling right on down to Guatemala. And so I remember that day as being so odd. And like you said, it could even be considered bizarre. Um, Yes. Because I was in the airport like all day. And Uh I remember the weirdest things kept happening. Because I left from the airport of Memphis, Tennessee, which for some reason, never has a flight that is going where you need to go directly. You always have to take a weird layover. 
So I went yeah. from Memphis to North Carolina, <laughs> which is the opposite that, way. Like, I was just going to say, like, isn't that the exact wrong direction? <laughs> <laughs> that is the exact wrong direction of where I that's needed to like, be going. That's not good. Yeah. So, so I had my time in airports and traveling was like 28 hours or something like that. Oh my goodness. Well, well, and another thing is, is that we were called to report on the 29th of August. Mm-hmm. However, the day of traveling was the 28th because we had to be there on the 29th. Yeah. So technically we were, we thought we were saying goodbye to our families on the 29th, but we were actually saying goodbye to our families on the 28th. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a fair point that you make. And so really, I just kind of was clueless about all of this and I just kind of hopped on that plane and and hoped for the best you know and so I got to the Los Angeles airport and when I got there it was around 2 or 3 p.m. (laughs) which was interesting because (laughs) like the next flight which was going to Guatemala wasn't leaving until midnight and so yeah (laughs) I was like well I guess I better entertain myself and and so I I remember that I was just walking around um clueless and the LAX airport is rather large you have to like travel in buses and whatnot to get to where you're trying to go and so i found this one girl who asked me if i was a missionary and i was like well i must look like a big clueless kid who (laughs) because you know what other thing would give me away and she said she was a missionary so we were trying to figure out where the heck to go together And we wound up at the gate, and for a good little while, around seven hours, (laughs) we were the the only missionaries who were there. And so we were just trying to um, kind of figure out what was going on. But we were also just sad because we had said goodbye to our families for two years, so we weren't really talking. We were kind of just staring at the floor and stuff, and there was just... There was nobody around, so we were like, well, I sure hope that this is the right place. And then around <laughs> around that 10 p.m. window is right where you boys showed up. Oh, yes. That, that's, well, yeah, that, that that's a heck of an experience. And I, well, to be honest, I really didn't know that you went through that. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um... Well, my day was that the 28th of August. That day was a little bit different for me because I was traveling from Salt Lake City International Airport to LAX to meet up with you and head to, straight to Guatemala. And so, but it was kind of like, it was a kind of strange day because I was like set apart as a missionary and then just kind of in my house, just kind of like waiting to get on a plane at six in the night or something like that. I can't really remember the time exactly. But, and so my parents asked, well, like, 
what's the last, like, where's the last place you want to go to eat? And I said, oh, I know just the spot. <laughs> and I said, I want to eat at Alberto's. I want to get me some Mexican food right before I leave. So we went, and we were eating there. And my mom, well, so a little bit prior to this day, <clears throat> I had learned about how my little sister Sophie had a friend, and this friend of my little sister had a, a cousin who was going to the same mission. Turns out that that cousin was you, Taylor Olson. Yeah, I I actually, when we were just talking about this, I just had this really weird flashback of when uh, a few days after I got the mission call, my mom like showed me this Instagram picture of this kid holding like his mission call with this big stupid grin on his face (laughs) and I was like what am I looking at who is this guy and uh and my mom's like this this guy uh is going to your mission he he knows your aunt isn't that so cool and I was like I I mean I guess I don't even know who the heck that is but (laughs) I just Uh whenever I just I don't know why I blocked that memory out, but now I'm thinking I can literally just picture your face like I'm going to Honduras, mom, or <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, that's I'm about to see that big boy in the airport. Uh, oh yes, that. Thank you for, thank you for the flashback. That was awesome. Uh-huh. I loved that. Okay, and so, so I knew that like somebody had was like somebody that was like somehow related to me like was going to the same mission so i'm sitting at alberto's eating my california burrito and just enjoying this for the last time for two years and my mom whips out her phone she had just received a text message and she says hey look at this picture and so i look at this picture and i see a very tall boy (laughs) in a suit grinning next to his with his arm around his mother and she says this is the guy that's going to your mission you got you gotta make sure to look out for him in the airport mm-hmm. you gotta like watch out for him because he's like he's gonna be there in, in lax and i was like okay <laughs> uh, i'll i'll be sure and look for him and in my in the back of my head i was almost saying like yeah, I'm probably never going to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and <clears throat> so anyway, and so the nighttime rolls around and I go to Salt Lake International Airport and like, we get there like super early with my family. So we just decide to like sit down at the airport and like chat for like a while. And then it's like time to leave. And so I leave, I get, and then I show up to the gate to get to, uh, LAX, and there's just a mass swarm of boys in suits, <laughs> just looking so. I don't even know. Like some were confused, some were looking around like they were sad, some were like being idiots trying to be cool, or I don't even know. <laughs> it was just this mass swarm of boys. Yeah, and <clears throat> so I was like. Oh boy, this is what I get to deal with for the next two years of my life. <laughs> uh-huh. 
And so I like start talking to these dudes and then we get on the airplane and we fly on down to LAX. And so we get out, we walk out of the gate and we're like, well, now we got to get to like where we're going to go. We got to get to like the Guatemala gate. And so at that point, everybody like this mass horde of like 35 missionaries like starts going berserk because nobody knows where to go nobody knows where anything is and they're like some missionaries are going that way other missionaries are like going the other way and we're just like this mass like horde of like people just like moving around and finally somebody like tells us hey like you guys like need to go this way but only like a handful of missionaries heard that so this handful was like hey guys we gotta go this way and the other missionaries were like no way, that's not the way. <laughs> like, how can that be the way? Like, no way. Because <laughs> the way that they were telling us to go was, like, down the stairs and outside onto a bus. And I was like, huh. And everybody else was like, there's no way. Uh-huh. So then we, like, arts all start moving in that direction. Once enough people started moving in that general direction, everybody started moving in that general direction because they were like, oh, well, enough people are moving. Then I guess I'm just right. <laughs> yes. And so we all, like, we all, like, go down these stairs, and then we get out on the, to the tarmac and onto this bus. And, like, only half of us fit into the bus because there's so many of us. So mm-hmm. we had to take two two loads. And so I was on the first load, and so we get carted off in this bus, and we're just riding, and we're just dudes just talking, and, you know, it's just mass confusion <laughs> and and i was thinking man this is gonna be my life for a long time <laughs> two years yes i was um thinking when you were talking about the swarm of young men in suits <laughs> i just got a huge flashback to being there in that airport and um there were, like you said, just this mixture of personalities. <laughs> and, like, some people were just, like, kind of crying or trying not to cry. And then you've got the complete opposite. Some dudes were like, hey, man, let's let's hit up the restaurant. Let's get some grub, bro. And, like, <laughs> just treating it like an, an outing with the boys or whatever. Yeah. And um, I was sitting there, and then... I was so surprised because a young man sat next to me and it was that same boy that I had seen in that Instagram picture. No way. And he had that same grin on his face. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, hey, I think that you know my aunt. And then, dude, I'll never forget the way that you said this. You like, (laughs) you were, you were like, you had something in your mouth, or I don't. You were like drinking something. I think it was you eating like, a pizza, wasn't I? Yeah, I think you were. You were doing something because you were like chewing or something, and and you look at me and you go so, and then you take a break to swallow, <laughs> and you like look down at the floor, and then you took a second glance at me and you're like, I actually do, <laughs> and I was oh. like, okay, this is this is a great man who would <laughs> who would speak that way. And so, um, from that point on, I feel as though we were kind of just assuming that 
the other one of us two knew what was happening <laughs> because we were kind of following each other around. And like you said, there was just, there was no order whatsoever. <laughs> and this is an overnight flight. You have to remember, so... I do remember I, that. Yeah, I, I remember getting on this plane, and the other hard thing was nobody was going to Honduras. Like, yeah. everybody was going to Guatemala. Yeah. And so I was thinking, like, um, how come no one's going where I'm going? <laughs> like, is this the right place? And uh, so I sit down on this plane, and of course, the church gives me a six foot five male the window seat behind a sleepy old woman so she <laughs> she just tilts her chair all the way back and it's like it's touching my knees right so so her her chair is literally like preventing me from moving at all my knees are locked <laughs> in place and i can like kind of see a reflection through the window and she's got like this inquisitive look about her She's like, well, that's odd. I'm pushing the button. I'm leaning <laughs> back. Why won't it go back any further? So she starts, like, slamming her back against the chair in an attempt to make my knees, like, somehow shrink so that she can sleep on this flight. So I guess they were thinking that we were going to fall asleep on this flight or something, but I did not sleep a wink. I was locked in place. I could not move at all for the entire duration of the flight. And I was just really pondering my life's choices up to that point, because I'm like, I have no idea if I'm even going to the right place. All these kids are going to Guatemala. My knees are now numb. I'm not sure if I'm gonna have to get them amputated when I get there. And can they even amputate legs in Guatemala? Like, what does that look like? <laughs> Do they have doctors? <laughs> yes. These were all legitimate concerns in my brain at that time. And like you said, we get there and nobody has the slightest clue as to what is going on. <laughs> and I remember it was so weird because they were looking at our luggage again through these like magnetic chambers or something like that. But they were doing it so it was like every third person had to check their luggage or something like they would let some people go and then they would oh, take yeah. the other people and test their luggage or whatever yeah. and so i was lucky enough to have my stuff checked and i remember like oh no i've got i've got so many things in here that are not supposed to be in an airport please don't take me to jail <laughs> of guatemala and so i made it through and actually by the time i got out I only was out there long enough to see a bus of missionaries just pull away. Oh. <laughs> and so I was like, I, I'm, I'm, I've been left. <laughs> I'm in the Guatemala airport alone. <laughs> and so then other people start showing up and they're like, oh, what do we do now? And I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> and so another, like you described it as like a bus, but I'm just picturing like, a giant moving truck and I feel like these men they didn't ask us a single question we didn't ask them anything but they just start taking our suitcases and loading them on this moving truck and I'm like oh my goodness is this supposed to happen and then we we finally do hop on that bus and 
I don't speak so any Spanish. Yeah, yeah, it, they they did come back to get us, and and these people are yelling at us in Spanish to do things, and I'm like, dude, I got a C in high school Spanish, and <laughs> so we're just like, just rolling along this large group of young, eighteen year old boys, boys, and we have not an idea of what is about to happen to us. Oh my goodness. Dude, you describing that brought back to memory some things that I had forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this this is why this is such a good thing because it's bringing back flashbacks that have uh-huh. been lost. So so okay, so I have to go back to LAX cuz that that's just that's probably the most important spot most important experience that we are ever going to discuss on this podcast yeah it's true so i remember i was walking through the lax airport i get to the gate and the missionaries are like oh like let's get some grub you know how you described like just a, <laughs> an outing with the boys and i was like well i guess i should eat something so <laughs> so we go and we buy a 20 like we go and buy some pizza and i remember this pizza was like 20 dollars, and i was like what is this and so <laughs> and i walked back to the gate with my 20 dollar pizza like 20 dollar personal pizza like this is a small pizza you know and uh-huh. i sit down and i look over and lo and behold it's the boy <laughs> from the photo who i was supposed uh-huh. to who i was sent on a special mission by my mother to talk to and then and and it was like one of those experiences where you look into the other person's eyes and you just like you know like you're you both are just like on the same page like the we both just knew like instantly at the same time that we knew each other <laughs> and i was like and like at that moment i was like debating whether i should like say something to you or not and then like i was so relieved when you said something like you know my i think that you know my aunt and i was like oh, <laughs> okay good he said something about it <laughs> And so, yeah, so, and then we just had a nice little chat and from, and there was just like an instant connection and it's like, uh-huh. and, it, and so, yeah, and, and it was, there was definitely that feeling where we were thinking, where I was definitely thinking like, oh, this guy is like, he looks like he knows things. Like he looks like he's got a, he's got the answers that I'm looking for. Cause I don't know anything. <laughs> and and we're just like and i had the same like experience as you like uh, i'm talking to other missionaries nobody's going to honduras <laughs> there's a, and so anyway and so yeah my my flight experience was was not as poor as yours was i i was actually <laughs> i actually slept a good amount of that flight i don't remember much from the flight so i can't really talk about anything from the flight but i do remember walking out of the airport and I was one of those fortunate young lads that didn't have to take his bag through that weird box. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so I get out there and like there's just a, a mass swarm of missionaries just standing on the curb. And I look off into the distance and well, well no, we were like waiting there for a second. And then this like this moving van, like the the most shifty of moving vans, like. Like, I had never seen a moving van like that before. <laughs> and it pulls up, and everybody's just kind of, like, looking around, like, what is this van doing here? Like, like, is some, like, it, like 
I'm sure, like, this, like, special van, like, that says the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is, like, just supposed to show up and, like, say, hello, missionaries, we're here <laughs> to get you welcome. Uh-huh. But then all of a sudden, this shifting moving van pulls up, and it, they, like, start taking our bags. And I'm, like, <laughs> down the line, and, and it was this weird experience where I was debating in my mind whether or not I was going to give these men my bags or not. <laughs> Whether I should stay here and let them come to me and take my bags, or if I should run in the other direction with my bags. Uh-huh. And so everybody ends up giving their bags, and they get to me, and I finally decide, well, I guess I'll give them my bags <laughs> like everybody else. So I give them my bags, and I, inside I was quietly thinking, yeah, I'm never going to see those bags again. <laughs> and then all of a sudden this this old rundown like greyhound bus pulls up and they say okay you guys need to get on this bus and at this point i this this like and nobody was like nobody like there's no affiliation with the church at this point like i didn't see any connection between these men that were picking up my suitcases and picking me up and that them and a connection with the church. There was none of that. So I was uh-huh. so bewildered. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so then at that point when I got on this bus, it quickly turned into somebody just stealing my suitcases to like a kidnapping operation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was at least expecting to see somebody with like a tie <laughs> yeah, or something. Like a right? white shirt but, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but all these dudes who were picking us up were like, just in street clothes and yeah. like baseball caps. They yeah. just looked like regular dudes. And I'm like, um, is this the church bus? Like, <laughs> do I go with these strange men? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and so we get on this bus and I'm convinced like I'm being kidnapped. <laughs> and <laughs> then miraculous. So we start driving through. This city and this this bus driver, he's like driving this bus as if it were like a Porsche nine eleven Carrera. Like he's just <laughs> he's like driving this thing like I've never seen anybody drive a bus before, let alone uh-huh. like an SUV. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I'm we're like blowing through the city like and there's just like I'm just looking around and saying, holy smokes, like, what on earth have I signed up for? (laughs) And then we get to the MTC, and I think to myself, whoa, it wasn't a kidnapping operation. Uh And then the van, the moving van pulls up, and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to see my bags again. (laughs) But there was still just so much mass confusion in all of that. It was just like, a whole bunch of missionaries standing in the parking lot. Nobody speaks Spanish, or at least I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and there are people like trying to talk Spanish to me, <clears throat> and I'm just so yeah. confused about who I am and what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh huh. I I loved that experience so much. Like looking back on it. I remember thinking, like, wow, like you said, what 
in the world have I signed up for? And <laughs> throughout that entire day, um, of course, we were greeted by people who were missionaries who were already there. So they had been there for like three weeks or so. Yeah. And they were like taking us to our rooms. And I was like, oh, yeah, finally somebody who can like explain to me what in the world is happening. <laughs> and so these dudes are taking my bags up to this room and I'm thinking like, is this really the MTC? This is like the size of like a pizza hut or something. <laughs> like it's not that like big, a, you know? It's like a Motel 6 or something. Yeah. <laughs> They'll definitely leave the light on for you. Not a sponsor, by the way. Um, anyways, <laughs> so they uh, they take us up to our room and I'm like, what the heck and they're like they're not saying anything to me i'm like hey so like what what's going on like what's the deal with this place and they're like yeah so you're gonna want to go ahead and uh take off that long sleeve shirt it gets pretty hot and uh put your plaque on and uh meet back downstairs and um so i'm like but like what's going on (laughs) and uh at this point i don't even know like if I have a companion, like, I don't even know if I'm on a mission or anything, (laughs) you know? And I like, I remember putting on my plaque in the mirror and just looking at myself and thinking about all the times that I'd interacted with missionaries, all the times that I had eaten dinners with them. I had even seen them teach, which was not as often as it should have been. But I mean, I was just thinking like, this is nothing like I was expecting. Like, what in the world is this mission that I'm serving? And so I just remember that entire day. I'm running on no sleep for 48 hours. Um, these people who work at the MTC don't really speak English at all. So they're like, they're saying these things to me and one thing that that beautiful sea brought to me in in spanish for the ninth grade was i remembered how to say i don't know and (laughs) i think i said that phrase like 200 times that day because all these people were coming up to me like hey man have you uh done this yet have you have you and they just say things that i have no clue what they're even saying and i just go no say but of course it was like the the uh fresh off the plane like no say senor or whatever i didn't even know (laughs) what to say to these people and so like it was kind of like that for the first well you know what that's just how the entire mtc was it was just a bunch of kids walking around wondering if they were supposed to be doing what they were doing and just like accepting the fact that they may never fully understand what is happening to them. And so after I finally just accepted the fact that I don't know what's going on and you know what, I just won't ever know what's going on. That's when I was able to start like accepting my fate and, and realizing that I was really in this for the long haul. (laughs) This was, this was two years. This is not going to be ending anytime soon. So I just, I can't, whenever I think, like, I don't know what's going on, like, 
I'm a bit confused about my present situation. I just look back to my first MTC experience and think to myself, man, but at least I've got it going better than that guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That I, I that is, that's like such a spot on description of the entire MTC experience. Like, I just, I was the same way when we got there. I was just like thinking to myself, when is somebody going to explain what is going on? Like, <laughs> I was just waiting for some form of some form of like instruction or, <laughs> or like some form of organization uh-huh. <laughs> like like and then i had that same experience like where i was just like thinking about like wow i'm a missionary like this is nothing like what i thought being a missionary was about like uh-huh. this is there's no way that this is like what a missionary is all about (laughs) yeah and and then it was like i like desperately i was like desperately striving for about a week to try and figure out what the heck was going on (laughs) (laughs) and try and put some sort of organization or some form of shape into this experience and then after that week i soon realized that my efforts were in vain. <laughs> that there was no organization and that this is just how it was going to be. And that uh-huh. I needed to get used to it. Yeah. And then I quickly realized that that my Spanish was non-existent. I already knew that it was non-existent. <laughs> because unlike you, I didn't even get a C in Spanish in high school. I took two years of French. <laughs> so uh-huh. my Spanish, like walking into the MTC, my Spanish was hola and como estar. <laughs> yeah. and, and that was like my extent of Spanish. Like, And then these people will come up to me and they start speaking Spanish and it's like, I have no idea what I'm even supposed to do right now. Like, and that just added to the mass confusion like i'm like whenever somebody would come up to me and start speaking spanish i was like oh my gosh like this is the instruction that i've been waiting for like this is what i need but i don't understand what you're saying to me (laughs) turns out that it really wasn't the form of instruction that i was waiting for but i still felt that way because i didn't understand Mm -hmm. yeah and it was just And I remember the first thing I did in the NTC was, like, I took my suitcases upstairs. And I don't even know if I had somebody helping me. I think I was just, like, following the other missionaries <laughs> up the <laughs> stairs. Uh-huh. And, and then somehow I figured out that it was time for breakfast. And so <laughs> so I walked down to breakfast, and I was like, I'm, like, am I supposed to sit next to my companion? Like, who the heck is my companion? Do I even have a companion? <laughs> and and so i i get to this cafeteria and i grab myself a mean stack of pancakes and at this point like i really have zero appetite Uh because my stomach is like doing front flips from like being on a plane like not like not sleeping super well like not knowing what's going on 
And so I just try to like chow down this mean stack of pancakes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and in the process, just kind of like looking around wondering what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember that breakfast being pancakes. I, because generally speaking, the Guatemala MTC diet is something that you like, you walk down into the the cafeteria, which is like not a large area. It's what like is, a bunch of tables. What do they call that? They just called it like the room. I'm pretty sure it was just called the room. <laughs> Because it said outside, I, I remember it said salon, which is just like room. Yes. Yeah, and so they um, they would tell us, yeah, go to the room, bro, and, and get get some grub. And so we get there, and I always remembered eating a very tasty dish for every single breakfast in the MTC, which is you walk down the stairs, you got yourself a nice tray and what do you see that they're scooping up but some refried beans and tortilla chips yes and so they they hook you up with a nice scoop of refried beans and they literally stick the individual tortilla chips in the beans like they're making some kind of artwork with it or i I don't even know what the heck they were trying to do but I just couldn't help but compare it like the orphanage from Nacho Libre <laughs> when they just give them a scoop of beans and occasionally chips. And so I would just refer to the breakfast as the Lord's chips from then on out. Like, <laughs> all right, boys, it's time for some more of the Lord's chips. And the food would usually be some bizarre thing it honestly if you think about when you look at something that is translated from one language to another it's like something that doesn't even make sense uh-huh. like like if you get instructions from some foreign product that you just order online it'll say something like please apply to use of your belonging or some weird thing like (laughs) that and so i just pictured that they took american food and like put it through google translate (laughs) and then just like tried their best to recreate whatever they thought that it was and i remember one particular dish that was just the most bizarre thing i had ever seen in my life up to that point and it was like a sandwich that had triple layers it was like three pieces of bread and on one part of the bread it was just covered in in tuna mixed with like mustard oh or dude like that i remember that <laughs> yeah what was yeah. that i don't know <laughs> but it was like the tuna mustard stuff and then they put a nice little slice of lettuce on there then you got another piece of bread and it was like some form of meat that i have no not even the slightest clue what it was 
mystery meat. But it was, it was probably like some form of packaged ham or turkey. It had just, it was just like some lunch meat or something. Probably and bologna. So, yeah, oh yeah, it was definitely bologna. Now that I'm thinking about it, it had yeah, to be. be uh huh. Because they definitely like, they would always give us thick cuts of that gross canned bologna or whatever oh, it was. Yes. Yeah. And so it was this the mustard, tuna, lettuce, another piece of bread. Then you got the slimy bologna and some odd cheese. And those were the main things that I could recognize, but they were like another bunch of weird sauces and other things and i remember just looking around at confused young men (laughs) examining this sandwich like it was some ancient artifact (laughs) like (laughs) looking at it looking at all the different elements of this sandwich and thinking how did this happen well (laughs) and i think i think a big question for everybody too is like how am I supposed to put this into my mouth and then down into my stomach? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yeah. what is the best way to eat this? Like, uh-huh. do I, like, take everything off and eat just the bread? <laughs> <laughs> or do I eat the whole thing and be happy? Uh-huh. Like, and, and, right. and you, there was, like, you were running the risk, too, of, like, major stomach failure. Because yeah. you had no idea if your stomach was going to be able to handle that thing. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh my gosh, that is such a crazy memory. I totally forgot about that sandwich. <laughs> yes. That was so wild. Uh-huh. Yeah. Dude, we, and, could, um... like, we could like talk for months about the MTC food. Yeah. There was just such... A wide variety of strange things but I think that the most important thing to realize uh, about all that is the impact that it had on our bodies like we just we were not prepared for that no and so there was one I think it was the first Saturday it was like we had been there for a few days it wasn't even a week yet and everybody was leaving class to just sprint to the toilet and like it was just this horrid smell that was just so, like, that was something that like i had never before experienced that was so mm-hmm. wild and yeah. there were, and nobody was spared it was the entire <laughs> mtc that was yeah. on the run uh-huh dude Okay, what was it? Do you remember what it was that we ate? Wasn't it like it was fish? It was something with yeah fish. It was like a fish sandwich or something. Mm-hmm. And and I remember everybody we got this fish and it was like, and like I think some missionaries had heard like rules of other missions like that you're not supposed to eat fish like as a missionary like, and so everybody was kind of like a little bit like hesitant to eat this fish, and yeah. apparently it was for good reason, and so. <laughs> Everybody chowed down this fish, and then the next day, it was like, all, everything had just, like, gone wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember waking up that morning, 
And I woke up early, which, like, never happened because I was always so tired. But I woke up early because of a horrid thing that was happening in my stomach. (laughs) (laughs) And I just remember needing to go to the bathroom immediately. And that had never happened to me before in my lifetime. I had never Uh just woken up early in the morning to need to go and sit down on the toilet. Like, that had never happened to me before. And Mm. so I... I went to the bathroom, and as I was there, I was just pondering, like, what is happening to me? <laughs> what, <laughs> what is this? And then I later found out that, like, it wasn't just me, but the entire MTC was having the exact same problem. Yeah. And you can imagine, like, what was happening to those bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you were one of the early bloomers then, because I, I did eat the fish, and, like, you have to remember that as a missionary, like in the MTC, your your schedule is packed. Like every single moment is filled with something. And so you have only scheduled slots that you can eat. And there's no snacking. Like you have to eat when it's time to eat. Otherwise, you're just going to be starving. So everybody was eating this fish and... I just, like, remember thinking, this is not right. <laughs> like, something about this is just wrong. And and so everybody ate it because they're starving. And you I'm not trying to, like, to, like, yeah. It was, like, yeah. Like, it, it was, I, like, it was that food or nothing. Yeah, and I'm not trying to say that the church does a bad job of, of feeding the missionaries. Because they, they did an awesome job of making sure that everybody had enough food. And everything, and I never felt hungry after a meal. But like, when you're living on a schedule of just eating whenever you want and changing to like planned meals, that's like, it's hard at first. It's a shock so, to the system. Yeah, and so whenever you get food in front of you, obviously you're scarfing it down and going for more. <laughs> and so I was one of the few who chose to opt out on seconds that night. But everybody <laughs> was going back for more fish, and so. I, I remember waking up that morning to and to and um I remember that usually we had to do sports in the mornings but for se- for some reason on Saturdays we we started directly with class. So I went in the bathroom to like to shower and and get ready and everything. And I look around. <laughs> Every single stall in this bathroom oh, is occupied like in every single one there's just a symphony of horrid noises (laughs) like and i'm not just talking about the obvious noise that you make in the bathroom i'm talking about like pain (laughs) like groans of people and like crying people are like in physical pain and every there's even a line for the bathroom because every single stall has somebody in there and so I'm in the shower and I start thinking to myself, wow, I can't believe that like everybody is having this issue. And I start thinking to myself in the shower, oh no, (laughs) (laughs) that's when it, it hits me that I am a victim. And so I, I try and get out of there as fast as I can. And, And luckily some kid walks out as soon as I'm coming out of the shower, and I don't even check to see if somebody's in line, bro. I, I just stomp right in there, and I barely make it. Like, this is, like you said, I had never experienced a sickness 
like <laughs> unto this one. And so I just remember thinking like all throughout the day, all throughout classes, everybody's saying, hey, listen, man, I got to go to the bathroom right now. <laughs> and like there was some rule that we couldn't use bathrooms on the first floor or oh, something. Yeah. And so everybody was sprinting up the stairs, like, with their hand literally on their butt, (laughs) (laughs) trying not to soil themselves, and sprinting to the restroom, and barely making it, and I didn't, I didn't hear of anybody who, who missed the mark, (laughs) but I, I'm sure that there were plenty of close calls, Um, and so that was, like, four days of just the symphony of bathroom noises of just people crying people in pain people sprinting up the stairs frantically to get to a bathroom and people who were teaching at the mtc like the leaders were getting mad at the missionaries for saying that it was on account of the food (laughs) because they were like the food here has been prepared very nicely, and it's obviously not the cook's fault. They did nothing wrong. And, you know, as a as a missionary doing that, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, why is everybody sick then? <laughs> like, how come every single person has the same problem? And so, obviously, it could have been the fact that none of, nobody was adjusted to eating that way or whatever, but... You know, there's just something bizarre about the fact that everybody was sick with the same thing at once. Bizarre to say the least. Oh, man, that was, man, that was such a flashback. I felt like I was right there back in the MTC. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That was just, that was a crowning experience for that that MTC experience. Man. Right. And I'm just, I'm so glad, my good friend, that you took this moment to to pull out that plaque and put it back on for well, just have, a few moments. Yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and say that that plaque definitely felt like it was right back on my chest where it belongs. <laughs> yes. Can we please do this again? <laughs> yes. Alrighty. Well, thank you, my good man, Taylor, for this experience. Thank you. The The honor is mine, my good friend. So we will continue the discussion of MTC experiences next time. That is so exciting. But until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Oh yeah, we put that on.